Good morning. It's good to see all of you. Welcome to those of you joining us online also. Glad to have you be part of this service. I want to begin this message with a story about being stuck in the muck. Nate, my uh, third-born son, and a couple of his buddies went fishing in the Missouri River in North Dakota. And one of the uh, buddies had hip waders. You know, familiar with hip waders, right? They go around your strap and they, you can go in the river and not get uh, necessarily cold. And so uh, Aaron and his hip waders went out and, and as he walked into the river, it was pretty mucky there. He sank like up to his knees in hip waders. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. And he could not get unstuck. So after Nate and Paul had laughed at him for a while, which good friends do, right? They went out and rescued Aaron. They had to pull him out of his hip waders and, and get him out of the hip waders so he could get unstuck because he was so stuck in the muck. And as uh, we go along in our Christian faith, at times what happens to us, I think, as followers of Christ is we can feel like we're stuck in the muck. You ever feel like that? You're just to this place in your faith and you just are going nowhere. Uh, do you want to get unstuck today? If you're stuck, do you want to get unstuck? Because that's my heart's desire to get unstuck. And that's what we're going to address here over the next 10 weeks in our fall series entitled Grown Up Faith. How to become people who are not stuck in the muck anymore when it comes to our faith experience. Um, so I'm going to talk about some ways that we get stuck now in our faith, why we don't grow up in our faith. Uh, number one is this, you don't know the big picture. You don't know the big picture uh, of what God's up to. If someone were to ask you this question, what is God up to in this world and how do you fit into that picture? What would you give as an answer to that question? Could you answer that question? Could you answer the question of what's the Old Testament about? Why the New Testament? Why the Old Testament? What's the difference? What are they about? If you don't know the big picture of God, you aren't going to be able to answer some of these questions. If you haven't picked up one of these yet, as Pastor Dave said, you need to grab one of these. And I want to encourage you, if you don't have it, grab it this week. They're free. You can't beat the price. They're out there. You just take one. On page two is the big picture that we're going to talk about next week that I'm referring to here today. You can look at that and you can become acquainted. What is the big picture uh, when it comes to God's dealing with humanity? It's right here in the book, page two. You can look at it and be prepared for what we're going to talk about next week. But you're going to see that the Old Testament and New Testament are very reflective of each other. And God is telling one story throughout the Bible. And it's important for us as Christ followers, if we don't want to get stuck, if we want to become the man or woman that God wants us to become, that we understand the big picture of what the Bible is telling us. Otherwise, we're not going to handle Scripture right. We're not going to know how to handle Scripture. For instance, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 tell us this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be what? Tell me what you're supposed to become. What? Mature. You know what another word for that is? Grown up. And complete, not lacking anything. We're not going to handle this scripture right if we don't understand the big picture of the Bible and where we fit in the scheme of things. And I see a lot of Christians not dealing with COVID-19 rightly right now because they simply don't understand the big picture. They don't understand the nature and the purpose of trials and how they're supposed to be used in our life to grow us up so that we look like Jesus Christ. If you don't understand that, you're not going to handle anything that's going on rightly. Another reason that we don't grow up in our faith at, at, and why we get stuck in the muck at times is you want a faith without a cost. You want faith without cost. 
Listen to these words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to read to you verses 24 through 26. Listen to this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for the soul? Now that phrase, we're supposed to pick up our cross and follow Jesus Christ. Man, that's full of meaning. Now for the Lord Jesus himself, his cross was that physical, literal cross of Calvary. God ordained that his son would pay the price for our sins by dying literally on a cross. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to pick up that cross and die on it. That's not what we're being told here. What we're being told here is that every single follower of Jesus Christ, you have have a cross to bear. You have a responsibility. You have a burden. You have a calling that you're supposed to take upon yourself and live out in your life. And it's not about you. It's about Christ. You pick up that calling, pick up that cross, deny yourself and follow Jesus Christ. If you don't do that, you're going to get stuck in the muck. You're going to feel like I just deadheaded in my faith. I don't know what's going on. And I, I would say to you, sometimes it's simply because you're not being obedient to what God wants you to do with your life. The next reason why you don't grow up in your faith needs to be something that you truly consider today, that you take to heart. Whether you're here, whether you're watching online, you need to listen to what I'm about to say because this is the backbone of the next 10 messages. This is what we're going to base the next 10 messages on. Listen to this one. This often is the case of why we get stuck in the muck and we don't, you know, mature into the man or woman that God intends us to mature into. You try out faith, you try out faith, instead of trained to be a person of faith. You try out faith, there's a very big difference here, instead of trained to be a person of faith. I've said this so many times at Grace Point, I hope some of you by now are saying, you've already told us this. Good, you're getting it. This is so utterly important. You can't try hard enough to become the man or woman that God wants you to become. You can't do it. It's physically impossible. But you can train to become the person that God wants you to become. And you can use this series, you can use this book as a training manual, as a training opportunity to to go through this intense 10-week period of really saying, I want to become the man or woman that God intends me to become. You can begin to train. You can cooperate with the person of the Holy Spirit and you can train. You know, you can't run a marathon by trying hard. Some of you are young, you're strong. But I'm going to tell you, even if you're young and strong, you can't go 26 miles, you see without training some. Amen? Amen? Wow. Woo! I thought that'd be a big point. Amen. Sure, whatever, amen. Yeah, you can't try. What do you do if you want to run a marathon? We just had a marathon in Brookings, right? I I can guarantee you that most of the people that ran, even the 13 miles, they trained. Why do you train? Because it builds you up. It prepares you to do something that you're not able to do at the moment. It's a daily discipline to come to a state that you're presently not at. Did you hear that? It's a daily discipline so that you can become something tomorrow that you're not yet today. That's why you train. That's why you put your body into training. But if you haven't trained and you say, I'm just going to try real hard, you're probably going to fail at running a marathon. And if you have that same attitude when it comes to Christianity, you're probably going to get stuck in the muck. Listen to this uh, scripture for 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 through 9. Here's what the boss, Apostle Paul says. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train, did you hear that word? Train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, 
But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27, and, and listen to what Paul says there. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into what? Strict what? Training. I want you to hear something. Do you notice in both these scriptures that Paul mentions nothing about trying? What does he talk about? Training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer just beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached others, I myself may not be disqualified for the prize. So hear this. Sometimes you get stuck because you don't understand that trying does not match the power and effectiveness of training. Sometimes we get stuck because we do not understand that trying does not match the power and effectiveness of training. It's so easy to come to the wrong conclusion when it comes to our Christian faith. I hear people say, I've tried really hard. I just can't do this Christian life. And I say, good, you can't do this Christian life. You can't do it by trying hard. So in essence, that declaration is true. You can't do it that way. But... Listen, in cooperation with the person of the Holy Spirit, being filled with that power, you can become a person who goes on a training endeavor in cooperation with the Spirit and become tomorrow what you're not yet today. Amen? You can do that. Too many followers of Jesus are stuck in the muck and not growing in their faith as the Lord intends. And usually it's a combination of three things I just shared with you thus far. The big picture's not known. There's unwillingness to pay the cost. And there's a misunderstanding of training versus trying. So let me ask you a question today. How many of you want to grow up in your faith? Does anybody want to do that? You raise your hands. So the rest of you are, are just good with being stuck in the muck. You know, how many of you want to grow up in your faith? I want to grow up my faith so badly. The times we live in demand it. Um, the big thought for this message is simply this. You're to grow up in your faith. You're to grow up in your faith. And, and for the next several weeks uh, in this series, we're going to work together in this intense way to develop a grown-up faith. And we're going to go into this 10-week training regiment 10-week training program using this as our manual, as our, our, our guide. Um, I was uh, talking to Alex a little bit. She was in the first hour. She ran the marathon and uh, giving her kind of a kudos for doing that. I, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I don't like running distances. I, uh, it's not my personality. I'll do running, but yeah. Um, but I do like to do a program called T25 from Beachbody. Um, and why I like it is because it's a five-week-long program of 25 minutes of intense training a day. And they give you an eating thing to go with it. And, of course, you're supposed to sleep and do all these other things. But by going through this, 20, this 25 minutes of intense exercise a day for five weeks, you can see immense uh, physical change. You, and you do. That's my kind of program. How about you guys? Some of you going, ah, I don't still like that. <laughs> you know, but... but when, when I look at what we're about to embark upon here as a church, this grown-up faith, to me this is T25 in the spiritual sense. It's a, it's a training thing that we can do that if we'll just throw ourselves into it, you have to do this. I cannot do this for you. You have to say, I want to become somebody in 10 weeks that I'm presently not today. And I'm willing to go through this training 
endeavor to achieve that goal. And I'm telling you, if you have the submissiveness to the Holy Spirit and you have a heart willing to do this, that you can come out the other end of this looking a lot more like Christ than you do today. And I think the times that we uh, live in demand that we have that kind of serious approach to our Christianity. It's like this accelerated approach uh, to getting in spiritual shape. And the times we live in call for this. Listen to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 15. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity of faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become what? Mature. Are you noticing how in all these scriptures I'm reading to you what we're supposed to become? What are we supposed to become? Mature. We're supposed to grow up. We're supposed to be grown-ups in our faith. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ so that um, we won't be tossed Uh, Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So God has every intention for you and I to grow up in our faith, to be grown-ups. And the times that we live in, they afford us the opportunity to maybe take that mandate serious. And to put our shoulder into the work ahead of us and train ourselves in cooperation with the person of the Holy Spirit and become the man or woman that God intends. There are a lot of things that's going to happen to you. If you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're an infant in your faith right now, oh my goodness, you can be tossed to and fro by all kinds of cunning and manipulation and all kinds of things that sound like we ought to be doing it, right? If you don't know who you are in Jesus Christ, you're going to be tossed about, but it's T25 time, gang. It's T25 time for us as spiritual people. And we need to go into this intense training regimen for the next 10 weeks. If you look at COVID-19, it, it, the one thing they're always concerned about is it goes like this and then it does what? The exponential thing, right? And they're always worried about that exponential kind of growth taking over like it did in New York or Florida or whatever. But I tell you what, when it comes to our growth, we're supposed to do this. We're supposed to have exponential times where we just grow like wild people in Jesus Christ. Perhaps we're in that moment. Perhaps God is affording us this opportunity. Now, in order for us to train right, we have to understand it's going to involve full engagement on our part. It'll involve our, our mind and our heart and our will. And so I want to talk with you for a few moments on on this very important concept of what it means to actually be a mature follower in Jesus Christ. I did this before, but today I'm going to go into it in a lot more detail. I did it in the Galatians series as kind of a tickler to what we're going to do today. So if we're going to become grown-ups in our faith, it's going to involve, first of all, the mind, right? It's going to involve your mind. So I'm going to just draw this up here. This part of your being has to be full of biblical knowledge. Your mind has to be full of biblical knowledge. If you're going to grow up and become the man or woman that God intends, your mind has to be engaged and you have to be one who pursues biblical knowledge. What do you base truth on in your life? That's my question for you today. Think about it. What do you base truth on in your life? Is it how you feel? Is it social media? Woo! Watch out. Anybody can look smart on social media and they don't know what they're talking about most of the time. 
Do you poll your friends and come to some collective kind of, well, this must be truth? Or is your mind captivated by biblical truth? Is that the parameters that you're, you know, have your allegiance to? I am going to be a person of biblical truth. You need to fill your mind with biblical knowledge. Then as Ephesians 4 has said, we won't be tossed to and fro like infants because we will be established in our mind on the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what we're supposed to do here is it's like take God's word. We're going to do this for the next 10 weeks. And I don't know if you do squats. It's like you, you get a weight and you're going to do some squats, right? I had to kind of tell people what I was doing first hour. I think they looked at me and said, what's he doing up there? I'm, I'm just stretching. Oh. You know, but you do some squats. And basically what you want to do with your mind is you want to fill it with these bi- biblical truths. And it's like you're doing some weightlifting. It's like you're building up some, you know, core muscles in your stomach and your thighs and your, your buttocks and all that stuff. You know, you're doing your squats. Amen, right? And you, I tell you what, folks, we need to do some more squats. Because I see a lot of people go on social media and, and I see that they claim to be a Christian and what they're articulating is not Christian. I'm just going to be honest with you. And it saddens me. They, our minds need to be governed by biblical truth. We need to be people of biblical truth if we're going to grow up in our faith. But maturity is more than just the mind. We live in a very academic community, so we love to do mind things here, right? But we have to understand that growing up and becoming the man or woman God intends will also involve our heart. It'll involve our heart. And there has to be this spiritual intimacy that takes place between us and our Lord. There has to be spiritual intimacy. Um, So spiritual maturity is more than knowledge. It's about a deep, heart-abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. God wants us to experience two transformative power. And that usually involves the heart. And we have to understand we're in this love relationship with Jesus Christ where he loves us so much he died for us and we're to love him back in that same kind of sacrificial uh, love. And the more we give our heart to God, the more we're devoted to God, the more we experience spiritual intimacy and the more we'll grow up and mature in, in our faith. God wants us to have strong hearts. Hearts that beat after him. Hearts of, of great emotion. Hearts of great passion. Hearts of great fire. Amen? He wants you to, at times, be uncontainable in your faith where you just have so much passion and so much fire burning inside you. You can't help but have it come out. Amen? Wow. <laughs> Woo! Made that point good. You guys are on fire right now. But he wants us to be passionate followers. As a deer pants for the water, we're to pan after God. Listen, when you read God's word, there's ways to read it. You can just read it kind of aloof and say, oh, I've got to get through this. Or you can read something like, Lord, as a deer pants for the water, so I'm supposed to pan after you. Oh, God, would you undo me with power from a high so that I actually pan after you? That I just want you, that I desire you like I would desire water after a long run or something like that where I'm just thirsting for you. Would you grace me with that kind of thirst? Because God wants our hearts, and he wants them devoted to him. We're supposed to have the heart of a champion, you know? You hear that in sports a lot. You'll hear about somebody like, you know, LeBron James or Michael Jordan or, you know, whoever, and they'll say, that guy just had the heart of a champion. You know what that means? They're willing to do whatever it takes to be successful and to pull their teammates along. They'll sacrifice. They're devoted to it. They're crazy about discipline when it comes to their sport. And God is calling you and I to have a heart of a champion. 
in following after him. Well, we're just crazy about our God and we'll do whatever it takes. Lastly, if we're going to really grow into the person that God intends, it involves this one last area, and it's the will. It's the will, and we have to be people of holy obedience. So maturity in Christ is more than just knowing some things, and, it, and, and the sporting is passion of the heart. It's, 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 it's more than that. It's this lifestyle of holy obedience. Jesus said, not everyone who calls on my name will enter the kingdom of God, but only those who do what my Father in heaven wants them to do. Jesus taught his disciples and he teaches us to pray this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy what? Will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our will is to align with the heavenly Father's will. We're to be people of holy obedience. Um, And so, growing up faith is about surrendering to God, surrendering and being obedient to God. And when when you do that, then you're entering that realm of maturity when it comes to that aspect of 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 your you know being. Um, So I encourage you as we as we go through the next ten weeks, have this kind of mindset: quick obedience, quick obedience, whatever God says. I'm just going to be a quick obeyer. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to be characterized by quick obedience. My will will be lined up with the Father's will. Pray that way and be open to that. Now, Jesus himself, he demonstrated these things in perfect alignment. So if you look at Jesus and you take these three areas of mind, heart, and will, so you have Jesus here, right? Guess what? They just overlap perfectly. You got the mind, heart, and will. And this here, friends, is our goal, to have these three areas aligned, because here is the sweet spot of maturity. When those three things are in harmony and one isn't being put over the other, that's where you get maturity. That's where you experience grown-up faith. So this is kind of the goal of the series, that, that we'd have the mind, heart, and will of Jesus Christ percolating in us, so we'd look like him. Years ago, I watched a movie. I do not want any of you to watch this movie. Because I'm not advertising the movie. It's a stupid movie, okay? That's why I turned it off halfway through. But I was kind of interested to watch a little bit of it. It was called Lady in the Water. And some of you may have watched it. It's just, it's one of those B movies. You go, who made this movie? But anyway, what happened supposedly was this, this fairy tale lady ends up swimming in this apartment pool and the apartment man finds her thinking what she who what are you you know what I mean and it becomes evident that this whole apartment complex is part of this fairy tale and they all have this job of getting this lady in the water back to where she belongs and there's these monster things that look like grass that are trying to get her okay so now you get the gist of the movie it's very stupid there's one character in there though that kind of got me thinking his name was Reggie he was called the guardian and he, he didn't know he had this power, but he could stare at these grass things that were trying to get her and stare at them, and they, they couldn't do anything. He, he was her guardian. But Reggie had also this peculiarity. He lifted weights with one arm only. So he had this massive right arm. He's just massively big. I mean, just disproportionately big, and the rest of his body was wimpy. It, I thought, you know, and, and, and so, you know, he, it, it kind of was like, what good is this guy? But he ended up being the guardian. Anyway, 
Now, I want that picture in your mind. He's lopsided. He's got one massively huge arm. These are three dysfunctions that get us stuck when it comes to mind, heart, and will that I want to talk with you about. If, if you only focus on one of these, you're going to look like Reggie. You're going to be lopsided in your spiritual person. You're going to have some part of you overbuilt up, and it's almost going to be dysfunctional. So when the mind is all you focus on as a follower of God, if you think, you think maturity is about just biblical knowledge, guess what? That's called intellectualism. And it's knowledge without intimacy and obedience. And you're going to be a lopsided follower because the Bible says knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So right away, the Bible says the mind's important, but without the heart, you're going to be puffed up. And of course, without holy obedience, this is just a mere academic exercise. And so if you're just about mind, knowing a bunch of scripture and stuff, then you're going to be this Reggie character with something built up that looks kind of odd on you. It's called intellectualism. Now, if you're all about the heart only, that's emotionalism. Because the heart, uh, intimacy without knowledge and obedience becomes quickly emotionalism. And you're pursuing oftentimes the feelings of, of high, of being high. Uh, this leads to seeking spiritual experiences and there's little discernment. And those spiritual experiences become the filter for what you might be, be, you know, uh, view as maturity. And when actually all it is is emotionalism. Emotionalism replaces obedience and oftentimes in a person's life and such ones oftentimes don't look any different than the world, but they're just seeking after one experience after another in God. And that, that's kind of where the heart's out of control and it's all about emotionalism. I'm not too worried about you guys and emotionalism as evidenced by your amen in me. But anyway, I'm just going to let you know that, that we probably don't have that issue here, Grace Point. Whew, I can't believe I just said that. Okay, and Vicky's even watching this one. Okay, she's using my filter going, hee, in the background. Don't say anymore. All right, let's go to the to will. I'm going to Get quickly here. So if you're all about rules and you're neglecting heart and mind, that's called legalism. That's obedience without knowledge and intimacy. Intimacy, that's, that's, that's legalism. This one's all about rules. And you see they have their own certain rules that, that they kind of make up. And they think that's what spirituality is, and it's not. And, and that's being lopsided, and, and it's looking like Reggie, you got the right arm built up, and the rest of you is pretty weak. So to be grown up in our faith, all three of these have to align, and then we look like the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you've you got one of these, you're going to see that on the beginning of every chapter, we have that picture, this picture I just drew out for you. If you haven't got one of these books, you're going to pick one up, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Because every week we have this picture here to remind us that maturity in Christ is about a mind that's full of biblical knowledge, about a heart that has spiritual intimacy with our God. It's about a will that's about holy obedience. That's what this is. Every week you're going to see that and you're going to be reminded this is our goal. This is what we're striving for. This is what we're training towards. Um, and it's just a constant reminder of, of what we're trying to do here. And there's all kinds of questions in that will kind of illustrate and, and get you thinking on those particular aspects. So what we're going to do here is for 10 weeks now, starting this week, we're going to engage in a real intense T25 spiritual experience. Are you up for the challenge? Yes. I hope you are because our world desperately needs you. It desperately needs people growing up in their faith. We're, we're, we're in a world right now that's so afraid and so fear-driven and so 
politically divided and so full of anger and hate and so full of self-righteousness and arrogance. It needs to see a humble people walking humbly with their God, full of the knowledge of God, with a heart overflowing with passion for Jesus Christ and are characterized by holy obedience and will have a great impact on our world if that's who we are. Listen, I want to give you our outline for the next 10 weeks so you know where we're going. This this is our training schedule. These are the things we're going to look at now for the next 10 weeks. 10 core questions that we're going to answer in this series. One, is life an accident or am I here on purpose? We need to know that answer, don't we? We need to tell the people the reason for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Second week from now, why do bad things happen to good people? That's a question that's often asked. Why do we have hurricanes? Why do we have fires in California? Why does northern Iowa get wiped out by that drachet or whatever it's called? I can't even say it right. By the inland hurricane, okay? Why, why did that happen, you know? And why are we doing this COVID-19 thing? What, what's going on here? The third week, can I really trust God? That's a hard issue. Amen? You can know all about God. You can do rules. But does your heart, does your heart pant for God like the deer longs for water? Why can't I make my own rules? We live in a world that says we can make our own rules. You just need to tolerate my rules, don't we? We live in a world that wants to redefine everything all the time. Why can't we make our own rules? What's wrong with that? Why can't God accept me the way I am? Why does he want this transformation thing to take place in us? Number six, isn't one way to God narrow-minded? You'll hear that if you talk to people and you start saying the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. You're going to be called some names. They're going to say you're narrow, bigoted, there are many ways to God. You're going to hear that. You've got to be ready to say why there's only one way to God and be able to articulate that. What does it mean to be forgiven? Lately, I've been just really on this one. Um, it's close to my heart. You know, we walk as forgiven, redeemed people in Jesus Christ, don't we? Amen. Do you ever just marvel at that? Because I look at God and think, you have to have a sense of humor, God. Because to have me doing what I'm doing, you just must think and chuckle about that. That's our God. He just does things that we are incapable of even imagining. He's just this great God, and he forgives us. And it's not about our adequacy or our sufficiency. It's about his adequacy and his sufficiency. Here's one that bothers me right now. And I talk on this, and people totally seem to always misunderstand what I say. Why don't Christians look different from everybody else? I'm constantly saying, look, you can do social engagement. You can do protests. You can do whatever you want to do. That's fine. You look like Jesus while you do it, though. You have the mind of Christ. You have a heart for Christ. And you have holy obedience guiding you in how you present yourself. Because that's more important than the cause that you're fighting for. That's all I ever say. Have this down. Have this order down. It's important to have this order right. Or we're not going to be good representatives of Jesus Christ. Number nine. I think this is going to be important. Who needs the church? That's pretty important right now to figure out. What, what do we need? What's church? What's it about? And then number ten. It's really important. We don't ever talk about that anymore. Why are heaven and hell important? And what do they matter? Would you bow your heads and let's pray. Lord God, I want to pray for this upcoming series. I do liken it to a T25 exercise routine. It's a time of intense 
opportunity for intense growth by, by participating in, in this training, Lord, that at times might seem a little bit hard. And I hope it does. Because nothing worth going after in life, so to speak, is something that comes with nothing. So Lord, help us. Help us uh, to be ones who count the cost and seek after you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Help us to be ones, Lord, who are into training more than trying and seeing that by training I can accomplish something tomorrow that I presently uh, can't accomplish uh, today, Lord God. Help us to understand these dysfunctions that we talked about today and help us, Lord God, Jesus, to be ones who are just submissive to the Holy Spirit and to his leading, his, you know, convicting, his guidance, his empowerment, Lord. Just help us to be in submission to the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm convinced, Lord, that we can come out of this next 10 weeks looking way more like Jesus Christ than we do today. That's my personal goal, and I pray that's everyone's goal that's here this day. I pray that's everyone's goal who's listening online today, that we look a lot more like Jesus Christ. Man, we love you so much, Jesus. We want to just follow hard after you. And in the times that we live in, God, you're calling us to be grown up in our faith. So I pray this would be something that we take seriously and engage in the moment. I pray these things in your name and by your blood. And all God's people said, 